I'm Katie again, uh, and we're gonna talk about church after the pandemic. This is just like some thoughts, some wild thoughts I've had. Like, let's just discuss them as we go along. There's no like right or wrong answer. I'm not right, you're not right. We're all just like confused. Let's do it together, okay? Um, there's me. Uh, a little bit, I know I told you maybe a little bit about my journey yesterday, but uh, yeah, I worked at Brentwood for five years. Uh, before that, I was an IT director at a university. After that, I was a professor at a university, and then now I work, um, well, you know where I work. Um, and I still teach at a lot of uh, universities and whatnot, um, and my textbook comes out this year. Um, so we're gonna talk. We're just gonna try to have some fun together with Stuart, who is our new friend now. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm a professor, so like calling out people as they're late is like still really ingrained deeply in me. Um, so I'm so sorry. Like I just like want to take off things. Um, okay. So anyways, we're gonna talk about where we're at, uh, how the old ways weren't working, uh, church shouldn't be just one hour a week. Uh, how attendance will eventually normalize, and then hybrid church will become normal, and uh, information will move online, and transformation will move to in-person. Let me dismiss all my random calendar things that keep popping up in my life. Okay, so where we are now? Where are we? Um, has anybody's attendance actually like come back to where it was before the pandemic? A couple of y'all? Okay, every single one of you? I was about to say, I was like, some of y'all, I was like, I was getting a lot of yeses, which is good, like surprising, but good. Um, I think, you know, if somebody told me, gosh, March 12th, I think was like the big day when they were like, yep, y'all need to all stay at home or whatever. Um, I was on spring break because I was teaching at a university and they told us, hey, we're just going to take another week of spring break because we don't know what we're doing, um, but you'll come back. And uh, then we got an email that said all students had to come and clear out their dorms and we were never coming back. Um, and so it was a very interesting time and I don't think I uh, or anybody anticipated what it was gonna look like. Um, and the fact that like we, we had to learn how to teach on Zoom and then churches had to learn how to exist on the internet for a little while, at least, not forever. But I do think that led us to learning that some of the old ways we were doing things were not necessarily working to begin with. And so, here's some lovely stats. Everybody loves a good stat every now and then. Here's a Gallup poll. So for the first time ever, church membership dropped below 50% nationally among millennials. Only 36% identify with a church. So that means like there's a good, you know, 64. I mean, I can't do math this morning. Um, yeah, how much? Somebody said it. Uh, there's a there's a good percentage that's not going to uh, that is going that's not going to church. Uh, similarly, a decade ago, only 22% of millennials said they have no religious affiliation, and today that number is 31%. So for Gen Z, 33% now say that they have absolutely no uh, religious affiliation. And the survey that was done by Fact, which is a faith like institution that does research. Uh, they found that over 15,000 churches conducted just before COVID hit shows that between 2000 and 2020, median church service attendance dropped from 137 people to 65 people. Um, but this really reminds me of like the fact that 
so churches during that time went through the best period of having like the best attendance ever like around 2006 to 2008 ish like there were so many millennials too also in church at that time that most churches had to hire youth minister like full-time on staff around that time i think today we're at where youth ministry was um then because of how many communication channels there are every church needs one of us because there's just so many platforms and so many channels to handle it makes a lot of sense for us to consider having somebody obviously full-time to handle that you know that because you're handling it um so uh <laughs> like I said, optimism is one thing and delusion is another um so the death of an approach to church doesn't equal the death of the church so knowing that like things are probably going to change regardless of if we want them to or not it doesn't mean that it's the worst thing that's ever happened to us you know doctors used to use leeches to get rid of disease they don't do that anymore because that would be weird um and uh, you know us doing church differently isn't bad it just means things have changed uh and technology the way people live their lives has changed and we've learned isn't that great we love learning um i'm gonna skip that one okay so church shouldn't just be one hour a week and y'all feel free to stop me at any point if you'd like i thought a confession you know i love Okay, so uh, this is a lovely timesheet. Don't we love this tiny little sliver of purple where you can see people spend a lot of time at church? Um, yeah, they, they literally spend 0.6% of their time at church. Um, and most of the time we focus all our efforts on that one hour on Sunday every week. And that's not where people live their lives. Um, they really live outside of that space. And so how can we get the other 99% and engage them during the other times throughout the week. Um, and this is where I think about this concept. So like a restaurant, if it was only open one hour a week and you could only eat the food there in their building one hour a week um, and they don't do anything else, that would be like a really crappy restaurant, right? Like, or it'd be the coolest restaurant. It's either one or the other, right? It's either like the best restaurant ever or it's like the dumbest restaurant ever. It's like the barbecue places in Texas that are like out of some guy's backyard. Mm -hmm. It's either really awesome or really terrible. So uh, naturally the church is a lot more than one performance a week. We know that. Church is a community. It's not a building. It's not a show. It's living life with people every day. But for some reason, like, we forgot that. I think that a lot of innovation that has to happen in the church needs to take place outside of uh, Sunday and outside of the church building. And give the ministry back to the people. Actually, um, so when I talk about giving ministry back to the people, uh, my pastor, Mike, he used to say that the first um, reformation was about giving the word back to the people, but the second reformation will be about giving the ministry back to the people. And I think about that a lot, like how can I help the people in our congregation lead with gospel conversations in their normal lives? How can I help them create relationships with people um, that are far from Christ? So people don't live in your church building. They live in their community where they interact with people who aren't uh, close to Christ all day long. Thoughts, questions, concerns?
What do you tell people who say, um, of course, this is, this is less about attendance, more about just a shrinking uh, participation and rise of non-affiliated people. What's, people the, what do you call them? The, um, people who have no religious affiliation. The nons? Yeah. yeah. Um, they say, well, that's, you know, the churches are shrinking, we're just losing the dead weight, we're losing the people that weren't really <coughs> there. I'm like, you know, that the tendency is like, as a person who has grown up in a church, yeah. like, oh, that's, that's great, yeah, let's focus on that. I'll feel good about the fact that the church is getting stronger, though we're smaller. Yeah. But I feel like that's a cop-out, maybe not right. Oh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that. Um, I, I but that's a, that's also a personal thing, like, um, and but at the same time, I just feel like, uh, I don't know, that we're called to share the gospel regardless of what it looks like. So what, you know, and obviously disciple people, right? Um, and I mean, that needs to be intentional. So figuring out how to do that, I think, will be a big question that we ask in the next 10 years, probably. So I raised this question last night in a group session we were having about what the, uh, the bounce back has been for mm-hmm. some of the churches that were in the room. And I mean, I think we've, I think we've seen this already now take place. I think yep. attendance has normalized. Yeah. Now, to my pastor, it's not because we're not where we work. Yeah. But, I, but our numbers for several months now have been very consistent. Yeah. Um, in, in worship and in Bible, mm-hmm. Bible fellowship classes. So I think we've reached that point. It's yeah. just a question of what Scott was saying. Have we lost some dead weight or, mm-hmm. you know, did we, did we truly lose people that, um, I mean, I know we lost people that changed churches. You know, yeah. People took an opportunity to, to make that We evaluate. Yeah. Um, you know, but his concern is, 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 you know, if someone had been committed to coming to church and they're not going somewhere else, mm-hmm. but now they're not going to church anymore, mm-hmm. what has changed and how can we influence them back into that corporate fellowship? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, rather than them, make, you know, living with the choice they've made to lose that. Um, yeah. And so that's where, that's where we kind of are with the post-pandemic. Yeah. Evaluation. Do you feel like are they are you in, are they like going online like are they we, still we have seen our numbers increase from yeah. pre COVID uh, online attendance yeah but it doesn't equal what you lost based on what you use as a measurement it doesn't equal what we lost in um, in in service attendance yeah. Because yeah. even that, you know, I mean, that rose obviously when everybody was online, and then it dropped back down, and it's kind of it too is stabilized. I mean, we're seeing consistent numbers online as we are seeing in the room. Yeah, I think that we're probably going to continue to see growth online and what that looks like. But I think we've got to figure out how to build that actual community online, yeah. and not just uh, expect every time the doors are open that they'll be in the doors, right. because a lot of people are now working remotely and if that means they're working remotely they don't have to be at home yeah you know and so if they're not at home then they're not at church that doesn't mean they don't want to support their church or their home (laughs) church but i mean it does mean that they're going to not be there yeah dennis uh, well i don't have hard data on reason but you know 30 years ago a leader you know deacon Sunday school teacher type choir member type person was at church four Sundays out of five and you know, 10 years later, it was three out of four, and then you got to where it was maybe 50% of the time. So you're looking at it and you're saying, mm-hmm. hey, our leaders aren't here half the time and stuff like that. And of course, 
during COVID, they uh, were out. Right. And then when they came back, if they felt safe doing it at all, they weren't going anywhere else. That summer of 2020 and fall of 2020, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, they're not traveling, they're not doing this. Mm -hmm. But in 21, say this time of the year, we started noticing. Yeah, we've lost some, mm -hmm. but it seems like the ones who are coming are back at a higher percentage. Mm -hmm. So where if they were coming 50% of the time, they're now coming 70% of the time. Sure, yeah. Or whatever. And I haven't checked anything yeah. in the last two or three months, but I think we're still at that point where the consistency of attendance has improved. Even yeah. though the total number of people attending may be down a little bit. Right. Well, and, 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 that, and that would reflect to the other <coughs> thing. We're, we're also seeing what you were saying. I mean, People, some of the people that we know are watching online are still working from home. That 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 style of lifestyle yeah. has been adopted across the board for them. Yeah. Um, but what it what this has raised for us, because the numbers are somewhat larger online, it it, it has raised attention with our pastors. Mm -hmm. Say, what what can we do to create more? Mm -hmm. I mean, the the bulk of our prayer line calls nowadays are coming not from the people that are attending on a weekly basis, but they're coming from people that are online. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, you know, he, it's, it's caused him to start asking the questions of what can we do to engage, that's not his work, but, you know, to, to interact, to mm -hmm. make sure that we're meeting the need online to the degree that even, as it was talked about some last night, you know, what are we going to call these people, you know, because mm -hmm. are, are they members, are they partners, are they guests, you know, that type of thing. So, I mean, some of that conversation is starting to grow as a result of that. Yeah. How do you handle uh, the question at least, uh, should we cut out streaming because we're creating lazy Christians? Mm, no. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I think uh, what, and I think, what, well, what's funny is that you said, like, everybody's becoming more consistent. Well, the ones that are coming are becoming more consistent, but then you've got some that aren't coming. But are they very consistent online? No? no I don't, I don't Question mark? We don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to mention that. Yeah. Um, we can figure it out. That's for sure. Um, it's worth figuring out. I mean, even if yeah. you have to call them, like... Like, are you just attending online? That's worth the question. Because, like I said, so many people are working remotely now. Um, it's just going to become more and more of a normal situation. Um, and I do think, though, that people are coming more consistently to in-person church yeah. and because they're not getting that in-person experience yeah, at yeah, work. But the, the concept of which is so true for me. Like, I, I work from home, and I don't have anybody around, like, all day long. Like, I'm single, so I'm by my, at my house by myself all day. So I go to church just to hang out with people. Right. Well, the discussion we've had is that discipleship involves building relationships and so forth that, that you can't do if you're strictly Zooming and live streaming. Although, I don't know if that's true, because I feel okay. like I do work with people online, right? And we do some serious work, and I'm meeting with them every day, and we have great personal relationships. Or, like... I was telling, I told another group, like, I met with this girl for weeks on end um, about how church worked because her, it was part of her job, like, in engineering to, like, just help under her, help her understand because she didn't grow up in church. And I was telling her all sorts of stuff, like the bad stuff mostly, you know, like, discipleship supposed to look like this, but we made it into a program. Um, and all sorts of fun stuff. Anyways, one afternoon she sent me a message um, and she was like, hey, Katie, I would love to have a relationship with Christ. How do I do that? First off, amazing. 
um, that she would do that. But then um, on top of it, uh, she was like, I just have some questions. Do you mind if I ask you your qu some questions? I was like, sure, I would love to answer your questions. Um, and she was like, why do you close your eyes when you pray? Um, why do we sing songs in church? She was like, how do I find a church that isn't a cult? <laughs> um, she went to Harvard. She's not stupid, you know? She's, a, you know, a 32-year-old who went to Harvard, who grew up in Georgia, actually, and never went to church. Um, and because nobody had ever invited her. And so, uh, me and her have a great relationship, and I have never met Amy in person. Um, but have we met every single week on Zoom for the last six months? Yeah, and I would still say that that relationship matters. It mattered to Amy, it matters to me, it matters in the light of eternity. Um, now Amy is involved in the in-person church. We went online to church together for several weeks because she just didn't know, I didn't know where to get her plugged in in California, you know, I'm not there. So I took a long time asking people and finding where was a good church that she could get plugged in at. But um, I think that's going to become more normalized. I would, I would say that I would say that COVID definitely culturally, physiologically changed that. Yeah. Um, it is. It is. It, it may have previously in the past been a challenge for people because the, the natural way of communicating was face to face and interacting with people. And that all changed. Mm -hmm. And however many days it takes to create a new habit, you know, and, and mm -hmm. develop a new skill, people adapted to that. Mm -hmm. And and the proof is is evident even in our school systems right now because now my my wife teaches middle school and it's hard for middle schoolers to get to get along together mm -hmm. in person. Yet they do a great job on social media and and non non-directly with one another nowadays but but in the school there's there's constant bickering there's constant fighting there's constant we can't sit in a group and work together anymore because a lot of that a lot of that mentality was changed um with with having to be online for so long so i think i think that the online community is is for a number of people now a more natural setting than, than an in-person community is. Um, not to say that there's not plenty of people that still want face-to-face -face interaction, but mm -hmm. particularly with, with introverts and that sort of thing, I mean, this is, this is a whole new, whole new way of, of having a social life that, that didn't exist before. Yeah, and I mean, I would say child development's probably a little bit different than like... Sure, you know, but I'm just saying it's, yeah. it's, it's evident. Right, that, yeah, that we're gonna continue to see relationships that are defined yeah. online, right? So like, well, I should just scoot, scoot for it. Uh, you can't build the future of a church when you're living inside. Uh, hybrid church will become normal. Uh, 40%, let's talk about that. Uh, think about online dating. About 40% of couples who date these days meet online via a dating app or a site. Um, but couples who meet online don't stay online. I know, right? So crazy. Um, you've never met a couple who said, we've been married for six years, but we never met in person. That would be weird. Um, so no, both dating and online church will eventually lead to real life. Um, people will want to get involved in the actual community of real life people eventually, I think. Um, because it's just weird to date somebody and never meet them. So, 
just like I said with Amy, like Amy and I went to church online for several weeks together, but then I was like, you know what? I know that this is not enough. Like I know that you need to be involved in an actual church body. And now she is involved in an actual church body and we meet less frequently. Um, and that's great. Like that's how it's supposed to be. So I do think that we'll see both and it's not one or the other. It's just both. And I know it's complicated and I think a lot of people hate continuing to stream. Um, and I know sometimes we're wondering like, should the stream look like this or should it look like this? Should we have somebody that introduces people and like talks and like welcomes them? I don't know, these are all good questions. Like I would experiment and find out what works best for your community. Cause I bet what works best for your community is gonna be very different than what works for other ones. I mean, it's just like, you know, I can say that like, oh, Elevation's got a, a host, so you should have a host. Well, that works for them, but it's probably not necessarily gonna work for you and the people you're trying to reach. Um, I, t I already told you about my uh, story yesterday about being a kid on the internet. Um, but I feel like this is actually pretty normal for people my age, like having had friends on the internet at a young age. Um, I don't feel like I'm like the only one who was doing this. Um, but I think it's just going to continue to normalize that like there's no difference between real life and online life. We're going to continue to see it become one and the same. But here's the thing. I don't think anybody should out-local the church. I think the church, especially locally, will always be the community center, the community hub, where people come together and get to know each other. That serves the community really well. Um, that's just going to continue to happen. And, and it should continue to happen. But the culture has become more postmodern. So what I mean by that... Uh, is crisis is an accelerator, but as Barna has shown, one in five church-going adults stopped attending church altogether in 2020. I was in London in May, um, visited a friend of mine who we, I went on a mission trip with. She's from she's from London, and while I was there, um, we we went to church together. And she was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot to mention to you, this is the last Sunday of this church." I was like, "The last Sunday at this church?" She was like, "Yeah, this church is closing." Um, she was like, this is the third church I've been a part of that's closed um, in the last 10 years. And that's normal. It's completely normal in London. It's completely normal in Europe to see church after church close. Um, and literally the same group of like 10 people just go to another church around the corner. Um, so they become Methodist, they become Baptist, they become Church of England, as they've had to just move along with what's going on uh, in the culture there. Um, so how can we avoid that, right? Like, or how can we like actually serve the people in our communities really well without uh, losing relevance um, and without like I don't know, to actually trying to find these people. So um, in person will have to become more personal, I think. Um, I think what I really loved. I, I visited a church recently. And uh, I wasn't approached by anyone, which was awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. Um, I visited church and no one said hello. It was amazing. Um, but what did happen afterwards, after I filled out the connection form, is I did get a message on Facebook from the pastor. And then I got three emails from all different kinds of pastors um, and asking me about you know who I was and how I was and what they could be doing for me and how they could be serving me and all these kind of stuff. And I was like, Okay, this is, looks different than how I think we are used to approaching people. We're used to like shoving like a welcome gift into their hands and we're used to doing, 
And like, that's not how, especially millennials act. Like we don't even know our neighbors, let alone like, do we want to like be approached in a grocery store and have a conversation? Absolutely not. Um, so <laughs> we prefer online shopping to real life shopping because do we want to talk to somebody about our shopping choices? Absolutely not. So this impersonal experience is gonna have to become more personal. And so it, it seems a little backwards almost, but um, even in small churches, it's really easy to ignore the people. So thinking that your church is friendly simply because you know six people, but don't know the other names, um, doesn't mean that you're friendly. So uh, the goal is to have a church where everybody, uh, isn't to have a church where everybody knows everyone, obviously, because that's not scalable. But the point is to have a church where everybody feels known, even if they're online, okay? I think we're going to see a lot more location-independent church members increase. Um, what I mean by that is there's going to be a lot of people, and I think I already spoke on this about, you know, who are doing remote work and feel like they're still part of a church that's in a specific location, even though they're not in that location anymore. I think we're going to continue to see that grow. Um, information will move online and transformation will move to in-person because life change happens in the context of relationship. So, uh, does your church have the answers? Okay, so, and are those answers online? I already shared with you about Amy and her questions. These are simple questions. These are not complicated questions. They're not even, like, theological questions that, like, you can even, like, find in the Bible. Like, why do we close our eyes when we pray? Okay, but these are questions that people are asking, and where do they typically go when they ask a question? Google, okay, like they're going to Google and they're asking these questions, and does your church have the answer for it on the internet? When I was, um, gosh, when COVID started, I went on Google Trends, does everybody know what Google Trends is, where you can essentially see what people are searching for that day? Prayer, or this phrase, how to pray, shot up like a hockey stick that week during the pandemic and Google would prefer to send them to a local authority on prayer or on how to pray. But most of the time there is no local authority on prayer. Okay. So they have to send them to answers in Genesis or the Mormons. Okay. Or, you know, or the Muslims also have a lot of really great resources. And so they would prefer to send them to a local church or like somebody else who has that answer on the internet, but most of the time, most of our church websites just don't have the answers to these very common, easy questions um, because we haven't thought about it in a long time. Like, you know, why do we sing songs in church or what should we wear or what do we do? Um, what, would it, what is the service like? So having some answers to some really basic felt need questions on your website, I think is really important. Like who, who is Jesus? Um, what is prayer? How do I pray? Um, I'm dealing with said crisis. What do I do? Having just some answers to that will actually help you with your SEO and increase the value of your website and help it be seen as an authority in your local area. Questions about that? Concerns? <laughs> okay, I'll let you make a note. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people don't, especially in the church, we don't really talk about SEO a lot and how important it is, uh, but people are searching online for the answers to everything now. Like, they're not, they're not going to a, a local authority on this thing and saying, 
tell me more about it. Like back in my day, <laughs> I used to have to go to my pastor and ask him about Philippians. Now I can just search for Philippians and get my own opinion, you know, like, or somebody else's opinion on the internet, you know, and who knows who, if that guy's right. So um, it's very different than what it used to be. So I think our churches need to set themselves up as this resource online that has these answers for people. And it needs to be very clear about what we stand for and like who we are. I think that that I think it's more harmful for us not to be really abundantly clear. So when you ask when you type your question to Google Maps, you get like this list of little drop down mm-hmm. things that you can do that's got like a quick answer to your question or right. very similar to yours. So do you have any idea how that gets populated? You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Um, from my basic understanding it would be part of the metadata in that description and you can set the description metadata a lot of times. So and you can pull that from there. So hold on. I've got like another presentation about SEO, which is not what this is about. So maybe I'll pull it up later and see if I can find it. Um, Cause this is what I taught. Like, and when I taught software development, but like the basic thing is just at least having it written on there at all. Yeah. Now, if you want to get more complex, like putting H1s and H2s, like headers, you know, essentially yeah. making it like literally the URL string is the question. Like, how do I pray is like literally church.org or whatever your church is slash. How do I pray? Like even having it there, then having it as an H1 and then having it again in the body copy. Like that is how you win. Okay, like it has to be again and again and again. And like even for your city, like if it's church.org slash your city and having a page about your city and how awesome your city is and how you celebrate your city will actually help you gain authority as well in your local area for being a church in the local area that wins. Okay, so uh, any other random questions about SEO? I just wanted to talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question, though. Okay, uh, transformation in person. So uh, I think you should design your online ministry and in-person experiences accordingly because like, there's a difference between listening to an album on Spotify and being at a concert, right? So we know that people are going to continue to want to come to church because it is a transcendent experience. We all know that. We've all experienced a spiritual transcendent experience at church. Um, and that's never going to change. That's, uh, I don't think a lot of that's going to move online, but I do think a lot of this community aspect will, and we have to figure out how do we continue to facilitate that part, at least online where we're talking to people consistently. And I mean, I think virtual reality might also play a big part in that. We'll see. Um, yeah. What's next? Uh, I think, you know, basic thoughts. Uh, and I wrote this, it's so funny, I wrote this like in 2020, but less predictability due to the economy. So wild, the economy, it's doing stuff, it's crazy. Um, less authority from the pastor due to mistrust and authority. Now, this is not just like mistrust in pastors. This is mistrust in all authority across the board. That's what we're seeing, right? Um, it's not just pastors, but it's the police, it's the government. Like, there's just a lot of mistrust and authority today. Um, and so how can we... Uh, help people understand that they can trust us? That's a good question. And then innovators are going to continue to delve into Web3, which is the decentralized web, uh, which basically means that, you know, your website is going to start to become more important because 
other things that, you know, other intermediaries will become less important, theoretically. Uh, cryptocurrency, NFTs, and technology, virtual reality, etc. Questions, concerns about that? Thoughts? So how would you help your pastor build trust in the community with people who are not in your church? Ooh, good question. Um, so what I've seen that's worked really well, and are you talking about like online or just in person? Probably more online. Yeah. Um, you know, like a long time ago we created basically what amounts to a, a Facebook person. Mm -hmm. Personality page, mm -hmm. personality profile, whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, and we kind of like did that for a while mm -hmm. and he got tired of doing that mm -hmm. because it was like, okay, do my posting that is me or my posting that is like, the, uh, who manages this? And like, yeah. you know, and then comms people changed and it was like, It also feels weird, right? Like it, uh, it's yeah, like celebrity it's pastor -ish it, it and feels like we're feeling like that's not it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But he also wants to be very hesitant about posting pictures of his grandkids, sure. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I don't think he needs to do that, yeah. Well, I mean, even on his personal page, if he's going to use that for, like, um, church content as well, like, mm -hmm. does, does his personal page then become less personal? He has to have, like, another more personal page, you know what I mean? So it's like, it just be, it just becomes this, like, yeah. weird conversation, you know, and he's older and stuff, so, um, but... Um, so how would you like navigate through helping him have a presence that helps him build trust with community people who are not necessarily yeah. church members, mm -hmm. um, online and offline, maybe. Yeah. Um, but you know. So first off, you're talking about like how he he has levels of trust with his accounts, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he should have to do that mm -hmm. because honestly, like who you are in person should be how you feel here. And yeah. if you don't trust people, pictures of your children online, then I wouldn't trust yeah, them. Yeah. yeah, then just don't put them. That's absolutely fine. Nobody's yeah. requiring you to do that by any means. Um, but if he would show them off, like the minute he went to Winn-Dixie, you know, and be like, Here's all the kids. Yeah. Like, if that's his personality, then fantastic, you know. Um, but, uh, gosh, okay. So, I think a good strategy might be if he wants to be more seen online and he wants to be more seen in the community, so that he can make more relationships. <clears throat> Something he could do is actually just go into the community and like take pictures of businesses and like say you know, do the reviews like in local, yeah. in local groups, right? Like I said yesterday, like, and just say, hey, I had a great experience at this tire shop. Billy Joe helped me out and it was really awesome. And here's a picture of me and Billy Joe or whatever. Um, I don't know. And like, just try to like bless people in that way. It's, I know it's, it's a little like, it's a little different. It's a little weird maybe, but at the same time, people love that stuff on the internet. They're always like, oh, awesome. We love Billy Joe, da, 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 da. You know, I'm going to go to that tire shop tomorrow. I was looking for a tire shop. And then you get to bless that tire shop with more business. Yeah. And then that, you know, then they're like, oh, well, maybe I should go to church. Maybe Billy Joe hasn't been to church in, you know, years. So that's like an option that makes it a little bit different than just like necessarily like I'm just posting pictures of my kids and Bible verses out of context every yes. single day. Like, just getting out in the community and meeting people and, like, connecting with them in that kind of a way 
uh, sending them a message after you meet, that, that kind of thing might be a different approach to strategy. It's more conversational and relational. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, you can come in. Okay, bye. He used to be my tech director. Um, anyways, yeah, does that help? Is that? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good idea. We, you know, we've been, just been trying to like. I mean, he could do that from a personal page. I know you yeah. probably, he's kind of got a page and a profile, right? Yeah. And I mean, if you feel like he's going to have, like, the only reason I tell like, pastors to ever set up a, pro, a page for themselves is you've got more than 5,000 friends. If you think that's going to ever become a thing for him, then yeah, I mean, a page is probably the better place to communicate. But if he's never going to have more than 5,000 friends, then, um, or if you can help him manage and unfriend people as, you know, they fall off or whatever, um, then... Yeah, either one, either way is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's really that's that's everything. So if you do have questions, though, feel free to feel free to ask them. Anything else? So we kind of fell into actually a healthy pattern. I would say during COVID, where um, one of our bread and butter pieces is small groups. We do yeah. on Sundays on campus. Um, so during COVID, we went online with that. We actually had people meeting in the parking lot on their own, that kind of thing. Um, we treated it as though it was temporary. And so now we find ourselves where we don't have online community to push these people to. So it feels like they're just watching our services online. And our numbers have gone down online mm -hmm. um, while our attendance in the room has leveled out or even grown. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't have anything to follow up for those people. So they just watch the service and that's it for them. So while, you know, in the room we push and we pour a lot into that one hour, we're yeah. not giving these people anything online. So do you feel like that, I mean, I don't, we don't have a good anything to direct them to, but does yeah. that start with discipleship? Is it hand in hand with communication? Like what, what is like a good follow up process that you see? Like what's the next step in that? Yeah, I think it's discipleship and communication um, a little bit, and then figuring out how to build an online community. So, and you can do that on a lot of different platforms. Like, don't feel like it has to be a Facebook group. It could be Discord. It could be Slack. Um, I've seen a lot of churches use Discord. Uh, I was actually a part of a church that had all their small groups in Discord. Um, and honestly, it was really awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, and they just chatted throughout the week constantly in that discord chat i've seen uh, the church that i'm a part of now has a facebook group it's not a huge church i mean it's like 200 people but we're all in that facebook group and they're always commenting or saying hey we're going to this thing tonight do y'all want to come or whatever and that's been a, a good way to like get people to still be involved even though they're not necessarily like at church on sunday morning yeah does that help yeah that's helpful thank you I feel like I would love a Discord group, but I feel like I'm probably the only person on staff who knows what Discord is. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a learning curve. Yeah. 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 There's a church that launched a Discord group that was in my group or whatever, um, and he has a 17-year-old running it. Yes. But apparently, like, all the older people absolutely love yeah. it. They have to do, like, a Once training session on it that morning. Having, and after they figured it out, they're, like, all about it. They're like, this is amazing. Like, we're chatting with each other every other day. I'm like, okay, great. So it's just, you know, a different way of thinking, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anything else? Maybe I just left you with a lot of questions and thoughts. Excellent. That's what I like. Go forth and have those questions in your head. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. Well, thanks, y'all. I appreciate it.